0: Hello there, welcome back. Okay, this is the last in this series of five roundtable conversations. Today, you're gonna hear from Jill, you're gonna hear from Amber, and you're gonna hear from Candy, what their growth journey has looked like. In this episode, they share so many great things, specifically, how has watching other people grow helped them grow? How has their growth impacted how they coach their clients? And at the very end, they share with you a thought that they use and that's impacted them. Ambers, I'm really partially inclined to. So make sure you listen and hear what her thought is that she uses. Okay, let's get started. This is a roundtable conversation about goals. This series features the real experience of what happens between setting the goal and hitting a goal. Because what so many of us don't think about is that we spend 99% of our time in the achieving of the goal and only 1% in the actually having of the goal. And a goal is just about deciding who you're becoming next. Right, you know, you hit the goal because you have the result, but before you hit that goal, between setting and hitting that goal, you experience growth. Our brains aren't trained to see growth, and when you don't teach your brain to see the growth, it's going to feel like you're not making any progress towards who you're becoming next. This podcast series is about featuring the growth of the in-between. Okay, let's jump right
1: in. My name is Candy Mozek, and I have been a coach for a few years now. I've done a bunch of transformation in my business, and one of the things that I love the most is that I coach coaches. I coach life coaches to feel better, um, to get more confidence so they can get out of their own way. And find clients, feel better about themselves, have better lives. Okay.
0: And what's the goal? Like when you think about the goal you're growing into, what is that yeah. goal?
1: Um so my journey in being a coach is being more of me. So being more authentically who I am. And I spent a lot of time in my life doing the right things. Um, taking the right job, right promotion, and now I just want to be successful, however I define it, and enjoy it, and have time to enjoy it, and just sort of continue that continue that growth for myself.
0: Okay, nice.
2: I'll go next. <laughs> my name's Amber, and it's my second time on the podcast, which is really exciting. I help women attract men without playing games. And I also help women enjoy the process of dating more and not experience such crippling dating anxiety as we're going through the ups and downs of dating. And my current goals are um, in the business. One, I just decided that next year, I want to create $150,000 in my business. And if I hadn't joined this mastermind, I would have never even... That number in my brain, um, but that's my next goal, and then um, also goals around how I want to create that with a group program and um, the the way that I want to show up in my business and not like hustling and being stressed the entire time. And next year, I also want to write a book about dating, and that's on the horizon for me right now. Yay!
3: <laughs> Awesome. I'm I'm uh, this is a perfect time for me to hop in. I'm Jill Allison Bryan of Creative Oasis Coaching and I'm a creativity coach and a life coach for creatives. I I help multi-passionate creatives, people that have a lot of creative ideas either in their personal life or in their business or often to do social good in the world um to make their creative dreams come true, to get out of their own way like you said Candy, quit stop just dreaming about them and actually start Taking consistent, inspired action to make them happen. Um, so, yeah, and, and another thing I'm here to do is to broaden the lens of what it means to live a creative life. To let people know that being creative isn't just pigeonholed into writing and um, making art, but it's you know how you live your life, how you uh, garden, how you entertain, how you cook, how you decorate your home. It's it's you know all those things. And I work with a lot of creative entrepreneurs. What's so the goal my goal you're
0: growing into. Yeah,
3: my goal. So since working with you, Elizabeth, I I tripled my income from 2018 to 2019. And in this year, 2020, I've already made more than I made in 2019. So I'm I'm probably on track to double this year. And that's my goal is to um, and um also to have a fully booked um one-on-one practice. So I I do one-on-one coaching for six months. So I'd like to have 21, 23 clients by the end of 2020. And I'll be probably looking into starting a group in
0: 2021. Okay. So here's what I love about everybody getting to know you and hearing the goal that you're growing into is that it sets up this next question so perfectly for them to understand. And here's the question. How are you growing into your goal? Or what does that growth look like, right? Because so often we just have this idea of being at the end, but then there's that whole in-between part. So tell them what growth has looked like for each of you. I think for me,
2: it has looked both extremely simple and messy. <laughs> so there are always new problems every time that you tackle a thought problem, Um And so, for example, just an example of the messiness is about a month and a half ago, I presented the idea that maybe I was ready to start a group. And I did not anticipate that that was something that I could do during this mastermind. I thought that was really far off. But then the results that I was getting were so amazing. And I fully booked my one-on-one. So it felt like something that might be possible for me. And I remember... Commenting to you, like as I was posting about what's next, what do I do now? And the idea of the group came up, and I was like, But what if I fail? And what if nobody wants to join? And it'll be well, actually, the worst would be what if like one person joins and then (laughs) see my failure like two or three people? And um, I was just really afraid of that, and I had a lot of doubt about it just because it was something that I'd never entertained in my mind before. And, or I just felt like it was so far off. And um, part of my messy growth was because of that doubt, I didn't make a firm decision in the pricing. So I decided the pricing and then I went back on it and kind of was wishy-washy because my belief was wishy-washy. And then the group started filling up (laughs) really fast. So now there are 15 people in the group. It's starting in a few days. And there are still a few consults that I have to do. And I was like, I think the growth for me is I will never do that again. I will set the price or whatever the goal is first. And any wishy-washiness about your decision is only wishy-washiness in your mind about your belief. So you don't change the outside to conform to your inside doubt you change the inside to conform to your outside goal. Like you match your belief to get up there.
3: I think Uh, to to piggyback on that idea, also realizing that your goal, like the result that you're trying to to make it to, um, that you don't get so, don't have such a death grip on the how, And so like, this is something that I do. I talk a lot with my clients about the nonlinear path of creativity. Like you, you know, you you don't know that a plus B plus C equals starry, starry night, right? You have to, there's just lots of different tacks and turns you can take. And it's really the same thing. It's with a creative project as with a business is I know, like I might know my goal is a six figure goal, right? But I want to remain open to the possibility that I can achieve that goal in in ways that I can't even imagine right now. And, and it will be ways I can't imagine right now because I'm not the person yet. So that I think as far as growth, we're growing into the people. And one of my very favorite sentences on the planet that Elizabeth has given to me, to all of us is I'm learning to become, I'm learning to become the coach who is fully booked with 23
1: ideal creative life coach
3: clients. Yeah.
1: Oh, I love that learning to become thing. I just wanted Mm -hmm. to jump in here because not only that I'm learning to become, but also that it's possible. You know, that's sort of like the first part of the spectrum of creating that goal, like it's possible and then I'm learning and then I could become that. And so just watching that growth. I also wanted to hop in here and I think it's kind of um, similar to what you're saying in a way, Jill, is part of the growth for me is to relax and that I don't have to know and in fact it's better that I don't know how I'm going to get there I can just relax and instead of trying to um, crowbar a solution which I have done and tried to do many times in my life um, just to allow it it's a big it's a big thing it's just so much less energy and such a better and much more enjoyable result too
0: I think of that candy. Like I always have this visual because I notice my body do it. I feel like I'm like tightening my, you guys can't see it if you're listening, but like my, my hands are tight sure. fists. Like, like that's how I have to hit the goal. Like, wait a minute. What if I just let my hands open? I feel like that's what we're doing in coaching is we're learning how to not be the tight ball of fist and be open and relaxed.
2: Um, and I think my wishy washiness was just me resisting failure and not being open and willing to fail. And so
3: you brought up to Amber, that your failure was your opportunity. Like there isn't really a failure. I know that sounds, you know, Oh, there's no, there's no such thing as failure, but it's true. When you look at it though, it's the opportunity for growth. And like you said, another thing that I've definitely learned, because now at this point I've made more money, I've been coaching for 12 years and I've made more money than I ever have in my business in the past two years. And you it's, it doesn't solve all the problems. Guess what? All the problems don't go away. You just have different, better problems, but they're still there. Yeah. I
2: love the brainwashing exercise that we did because every day I listen to myself on the recording saying, you are not your thoughts. Your thoughts are neutral until you believe them, dot, dot, dot. And even being a coach and doing this for years, I'm like, oh my gosh, I forgot. <laughs> I thought I was <laughs>
0: I forgot since yesterday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Huh. So when you think about the growth you guys have been experiencing into your goal, into who you're becoming, how has that impacted other areas of your life? Because this is what I love about coaching. It's never just like because I was willing to pay all the money to build my business, my mind and my business. But it was just like this delightful, pleasant surprise. when I was like, wait a minute, all those areas I would never have invested in changed. I think this yeah. is a cool thing for people to get to hear. So share with us.
1: Yeah. So let me dive in here. So um, a couple of big areas is I've been married for 37 years. And the, the relationship that I've got with my husband has improved. Because I'm remembering these are my thoughts. And that, you know, if he is saying something and we're disagreeing, I don't get as entangled in that argument. I can kind of observe a little bit better. I can sort of back up and then decide how I want to go forward. And then the other thing that is so much fun is that I am taking so much more time off of my business. I used to think that I had to work like 22 out of the 24 hours of the day, and I had to be sitting at my computer and doing all that stuff. and it's just not true. And I've really learned that. So I'm ready to go away for another week and a half. I think this is going to be like, I've taken a month off already this summer. And it's a ton of fun. And my business is still growing. Well, and
0: Candy, what do you do with that other time? Because I think that this is, I mean, the person who's number one, the thing I hear them saying is, but what would I do with that other time? What did you decide to do with your non-working time?
1: oh, I do all that other stuff that I was going to do one day. So I've gone back to doing more creative stuff, sort of similar to what Jill's talking about. I do a lot of um, yarn work like knitting and crocheting. I love to read. And now I'm reading just kind of regular fun books instead of business books. Um, I go out on the boat. I spend time walking my dog, but being present when I walk my dog instead of thinking about business. So, you know, on the outside, it doesn't look like anything super duper special, but it's just so much more, I don't know, fuller would be the way I describe it. Just But it is special, Candy. You're not on a mm. hamster
3: wheel. You're not doing the thing that so many of us do where you usually get up and, and work, work, work all day, go to sleep, get up and do it again. But actually, and not putting off like, I'll, I'll enjoy my life later, right. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, but, <laughs> Tomorrow isn't promised, you know. What do you want to do now? It's especially, like I say that with my clients, like, what's the creative dream that you have? Why, why wait? You know, do it now. So it sounds like you're you're doing that. It makes me so happy! Yay!
1: Yeah, me too.
0: <laughs> yeah. What about you, Jill? When you think about how this has impacted your whole growth,
3: um, your whole life? Well, you know, t- hearing uh, Candy talk about her relationship with her husband definitely my relationship with my daughter, and being able to manage my mind around all kinds of neutral circumstances, (laughs) but but, you know, and she, and she um, has been able to see to some of the, you know, she doesn't like it when I accidentally slip into coaching her. So I try to avoid that, but, but it is kind of just like this, the knowledge that I'll I'll tell you what the the shift is that about our thoughts is when I first started working with you, was, I'm a big action taker, list maker, I'm doing all the things. Why isn't it working? And so when I had the aha or the realization that my thoughts were actually not only as important as any action I take, but more important because just taking action to take action, I'm dog paddling now, if you can't see me, (laughs) it's just to keep my head above water, isn't going to get the results that I want. And so when I really feel whatever I feel in my body and I realize, okay, I'm having this feeling I'm frustrated or I'm angry or I'm nervous, whatever it is. And then realizing my next step is to think about why, what am I thinking that's making me feel that way. So I do that right for my business every day, very intentionally, but now I can do it for my other relationships. So with my daughter, with my father, if somebody you know says something that's a little trigger triggering rather than me just, going down a rabbit hole or getting mad or, you know, wh- however I <laughs> would have been dealing with it for the last 53 years prior to this, I have a new way. And it's, it's like candy says, it's very, um, it's just a nicer way to be in the world. It's more yeah, relaxing. And, and also I'm a control freak. So I love the fact that I know that my <laughs> results are a hundred percent up to me <laughs> and my thoughts are in my own control. I'm like, yes, Yeah, I think um,
2: on that note, I would say that's the number one way that the work has affected me is just this complete certainty that all I have to do is decide what I want to create. And my confidence not coming from, I already know how to do that, or I have experience with that, but rather I did that in terms of like success or goal in my business. And I know the only thing that's between me and any goal that I set in any area of my life is growth, but I just decide what I want to create. And so in the past, like ever since I was in middle school, I would journal about, oh, I'm going to live in New York city and be a fashion designer, like these dreams. And it always felt like a dream. It never felt like I will actually create that, or I have a certainty in myself that I know that I can do that. And now I do block out time on my calendar to just journal and think about what do I want to do next year? And it feels like as soon as I write it and decide that that's something I really want to do, I can do it and it will happen. Um, And then talking about relationships, so relationships with other people, for me, a big one has been my relationship with myself. And I'm so much kinder and more compassionate and patient with myself. Um, I used to have really, really low self-esteem when I was younger in high school in my early 20s. And I remember um, my first job was as a cashier. And one day I like forgot to scan somebody's coupon and they had to redo the whole thing. And I went home and cried and I thought, I can't even be a cashier like I'm so stupid I can't even do that right and I was so hard on myself whenever I would make any mistake in any job even as I progressed I always felt like a fraud and now like I just see it as such a normal part of the process to make mistakes to have some things work and some things not work and there's no part of me that is hard on myself or sees that as a problem
3: that's huge that's so good and to your point about journaling, that's one thing that, that I actually wrote down to remember to say that tr- transformed for me. So when I started my whole journey, whatever it was, 13 or 14 years ago, started w- by doing The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. And she has this thing she calls morning pages. And you basically just, you're supposed to write everything in your brain for three pages every single morning. That's her, get it out and you begin your day. And so I've done and I've been a journaler most of my life, but that's what it was. It was more just like a brain dump. A daily brain dump. And, and while it felt kind of good, and I liked the doing of it. Now, I think my my morning writing time has totally transformed because now it's a combination of Elizabeth's daily work and something I have called the magic action planner. So it's it's but it's, it's thinking about it's like, not just brain dumping, but really thinking about uh, looking at my thoughts. You know, and how am I going to make them come true? Why is that possible? What's blocking me self coaching? It's just it's so much more useful than what I was doing, again, for 53 years. <laughs> A lot of growth in the past two years, Elizabeth. and I
0: think about how often I process my own mind and how relieving it is and how one simple question can change everything. And then sometimes I think about people out there who just don't know how to use the muscle of their brain for them rather than against them. And it's like, Sometimes that's such a big motivator for me where I'm like, oh, there are people out there in a lot of pain because it's a scary place to be inside of your own head all by yourself. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I'm curious, you know, we talk about having a goal growing into it, that growth in between. How have your guys' thoughts changed about the growth process? Right. Because so often we just think about the end result, but do you think differently about the in between because of the way it's kind of broken down now? I think I
2: genuinely, I think maybe a lot of people say it of like new problems and you won't ever get there and that kind of idea of it's not better there. I think I've genuinely embodied that where I really know that's true. Mm-hmm. And meaning when problems arise or quote unquote problems, just new challenges new areas of growth i have a thought that says like this is so much more interesting <laughs> than like where i was stuck for years before i started the mastermind so an appreciation of new pain problems and growth um, versus a resistance to it or thinking like when is this finally going to be over when am i finally going to get there and stop feeling uncomfortable and a are, i i don't really feel. That's uncomfortable most of the time, actually. Um, I think most of the pain and like grasping and gripping and um, pain around starting a business is like 90% our resistance and thinking that it should be easier and we shouldn't have these problems and it should not be that way. But without that, and just thinking like, yeah, this is like what makes life interesting. It's just a whole different experience to grow
0: and especially I love that you mentioned that, Amber, with the idea that it's not better there. Like you're like, oh, I I think for sure we always think it will be. And that's such a like thing to ponder on. And like, it's hard to believe we can think about having more money would be better having more clients. And it's like, really, when we think about it, though, it's just still the same situation. It's just like right now, but slightly different.
3: Yeah. I think one of the shifts well, a huge shift that I had never even contemplated before in my growth is that, and it's another super empowering thought is instead of just focusing on, have I hit it yet? Have I hit the goal yet? It's like, oh, I've decided, like I've, I've just decided. So I'm, it's going to happen, whatever this goal is that I had, like the 23, I will have 23 one-on-one clients. You know, that's not a question. It may not happen this month. It may not happen next month, but it's, it's going to happen. So that also, it's like empowering, and it takes, the, takes that voice, that inner critic voice out of your head that says, see, you didn't do it. You didn't do it. It's like, okay, not yet, but I'm, I'm going to because I've decided. I just, I, that's a phrase that I just love. I've decided.
0: What about you, Candy? Have your thoughts changed about how you think about your goals and your growth?
1: Yeah, they have. It's more, I still think about my goal and where I'm going. I'm not as good yet about deciding and believing that I will get there, but I find that I appreciate more the steps along the way. So when I catch myself and think, oh my gosh, that thought's not helpful. Just knowing that I caught myself feels like I'm making progress. So I find that it's like the whole goal itself is more enjoyable because there's all these different places that I can enjoy all along the way, not just the five minutes when I actually reach that goal, but I can enjoy it today and I can enjoy it tomorrow and you know, weeks from now and months from now. And it just makes it a heck of a lot more fun. Yeah. Yeah. I
3: think that idea too that I've learned that I mean it makes sense, right? You can't go from zero to 180. Overnight, nobody would come to me and say, "Jill, I want to write a book, or you know, be bilingual by next weekend." And we would laugh and go, "Ha ha! Of course that <laughs> won't happen." Or you know, "I want to run a marathon tomorrow, and I don't run it all right now." We we get that like on a on a I don't know academic level on an intellectual level, but also there's another part of this that feels like, "Oh, but no!" As far as the business and some of these other things, like it should be happening right this second. And so getting, getting to slow down and seeing the, the micro shifts. So, so the type of creativity coaching that I'm certified in is called Kaizen, and Kaizen, K-A-I-Z-E-N is a Japanese term that means small steps to continuous improvement. So it really does allow you to take something like a big goal and break it down into super small steps and take, you know, celebrate those micro shifts along the way and then get your brain out of that habit of thinking, no, not till then. Not Mm -hmm. till it's finished being written, not until I've sold five paintings, not until I have my book deal or, you know, whatever it is that you can enjoy it along the way. And that's part of the growth.
0: Yeah. So I'm curious, you guys, one of the beautiful things about being in a group of people is that you get to watch them grow. You get to watch them hit goals and that brings up stuff inside of you, (laughs) good and bad sometimes but tell us how has seeing other people either growing or
3: hitting goals helped mm. you grow you see what's possible right i mean when somebody else does it you're like oh it's possible for her it's possible for me sometimes like i've loved watching amber's growth amber's growth has just been like so inspiring and off the charts so yeah I mean we have a lot of people in the group like that but it is t- and to me it's the spirit of the group is very supportive so it's not a kind of like whoever does the most wins you know kind of a thing it, it's it's very supportive and but yeah like um, I think you just maybe the last podcast of yours that I heard when you were talking about how our own goals are triggers for ourselves like not hitting goals it's a growth. As well, because if we aren't a little uncomfortable and disappointed, then we'll just lay down and not do anything about it, right? So, um, but watching people do that and it also just gives you ideas. Like, oh, that's an interesting thought. We steal each other's thoughts all the time, which is super fun. <laughs> I'll take that thought, thank you.
0: <laughs> yeah, and Kenny, was was it you in the initial like when you were joining the group? You were like, yeah, but is this going to be super competitive? Because I don't need any more like somebody. No, that, that, that wasn't
1: that wasn't me, but. I could see myself thinking that a few months ago, not about this group, but about things in general. I'm not competitive with other people, I'm competitive with myself more than anything. Um, The other thing that I uh, agreed, I have watched Amber's growth, and it's not just that we get to celebrate, like really celebrate to see where she's made it to, and like you said, Jill, so many other people in this group, but that I remember when she was having a tough time about something, her hand up for coaching about something and now she's at this next step and I think I could say that probably about just about everybody in the group seeing where maybe they're having a little bit of a hiccup or a bit of a struggle and then they say ah, I need some help and then they grow and like so it's just it's not that it's just possible but it's that it's almost um, inevitable you know, to watch that growth. And that is super inspiring.
0: Does it inspire you to show up and make sure you get your growth? Oh, yes.
1: Yes, actually. And I remember that when we had our first conversation about, you know, whether I was going to be part of this group or not. And you said, I want you to show up, put your hand up, and I want you to, you know, get everything that you need out of the group. And I thought, yeah, I can get everything I need sometimes it's me being coached sometimes it's me watching somebody else sometimes it's me contributing something and that will give me everything that i need in this moment and then in the next moment and then in the next moment so.
3: i do think it's pretty magical how sometimes you'll be sitting there or i'll be sitting there and like i have something that i would want to get coached on but i'm paying attention to the person who's getting coached and then it's like oh thanks just me that's exactly what I needed to hear I mean that almost that's always happened I don't think I've ever left a call not getting the answer that I came for even when I'm not being coached
2: yeah yeah I specifically remember the moment probably candy's talking about I mean I raised my hand a lot but specifically <laughs> like sobbing crying <laughs> um, and other people like me are criers on the call um and I think that's good to see because on Instagram it's all filters and photo shoots and inspiring quotes and all of that so it's really nice to actually be in the process with other people and see somebody who cried last week the next week hitting their goal Um, and seeing that that can be a part of the process and then I think the other thing that has been really good about seeing other people create their goals is normalizing the goals so not just that it's possible but just seeing a number again and again and again and being in a group of people who talk about it very casually like it's just a part of life
0: Mm -hmm. um
2: that really influences you to
3: that seeps into you as well to start seeing that as the new norm agreed being able to talk about your money goals and your business goals and not feel, I don't know, that you're going to have to hide it or that you, it's a very—it's a safe space. It's a, a good place to do that. Like you talk about there's places that we do want to do that. And there's places that we don't want to do that. And this is definitely a place where we get to do that. So.
0: Yeah. And I don't think there are a lot of places where we talk about money and you're right where it's normalized. Cause I just told my, like my dad asked me something about my goals and I, I told him and he told me like, baby, you got to slow down. And I was like, what? <laughs> it just reminded me of that. Like why we don't tell people things mm-hmm. because I told him, I was like, dad, this is me going slow. All right? <laughs> like every minute we have to justify that. And it's like, no, no.
3: No, we can tell your dad that you go slow. <laughs> that's one of the, I mean, that's one of the greatest gifts, Elizabeth. You know, you, your presence and then obviously you do it very intentionally but the slowing down like and knowing that slowing down isn't giving up it's not it's it's so much more useful than going faster when you don't know what you're doing (laughs) you're just going faster anyway because it looks good and that's what everybody else is doing yeah
0: So I'm curious, you guys, you, we, as coaches, we focus on our own growth. We put ourselves first so that we can help other people. How does you focusing on growth, right? That in-between stage of hitting a goal, how does you doing that help you actually coach your clients better?
2: It's living in breakthrough. Okay. Stacey talks about that. So living in breakthrough and pretty much every single piece of business mindset advice is also the same for dating. (laughs) So um, I feel like everything that I learn and break through in business automatically applies to, like I find a way to utilize it in coaching my clients in their dating lives.
0: So tell us how your growth now helped you be a better coach.
2: So for example, uh, one of the things that you taught us is that the only person that you need to sell is yourself. And that's something that really changed the way that I coach. And just in terms of always shifting the focus for my clients from how do I get other people to like me? How do I have to be? What do I have to do to get his attention or get this certain response from somebody? And always bringing it back to why are you so focused externally on selling other people? The only reason is because you're not sold on yourself first. And so that's the first place that we look. And then we go externally to like dating dynamics and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm.
3: I just believe, and it's been proven that the better results I get in my business, the better results my clients get. And I mean, I mean, I guess you could just, I am a bit of a woo. Like I do like the woo a little bit. So energetically, yes. Like, you know, the, and like a rising tide lifts all boats, but I think, I think just all of the new uh, ways of looking at my business and the world and thoughts and everything seeps, like you said, seeps into everything I do. And so like, I see possibility, I'm always going to see and hold possibility for my clients and then helping them to decide too. like, you know, what, what do you want to do? Because oftentimes that's one of the issues is just like, I have so many ideas I can't decide if you make me decide I'll cry because I want to say goodbye to all those other ideas and just helping them kind of through that.
0: That's such a good thing, though, Jill, because that's actually been part of your growth—is not having 500 things going.
3: <laughs> yes, I've I've whittled it down from 500 to one. Thank you, Elizabeth. <laughs> yeah,
0: but that's so fun, right? Because we can look at that translate over to that's the exact same thing your creative clients. Mm-hmm. And so it's like it's cool because when you do that work, now you get to show up and say you get to do it or not, but.
3: Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. you over. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. So you're showing, you're leading, we're leading by example, right? I don't ask my clients to do anything that I'm not doing or I'm not willing to do as far as that mindset work and, and making decisions and, um, yeah.
1: Yeah. And for me, this making decisions thing is, is big, Um, so for coaching my clients, a lot of them are people who have lots of ideas. It's not in the creative space, but it's in around what they want to do with their business or their career or whatever. And my growth has shown me that just to start making the decision and instead of wasting your energy and second guessing yourself all the time, you get to just decide You can change your mind, but not one foot in, one foot out. Like Go all in on that decision. And that's really helped with my clients because they start to see me doing that, and then they start to give themselves permission that they can make a good decision, that the decision that they're making is perfectly lovely. And instead of always looking outside to see what everybody else is doing, Um, or to look for permission, or to look for approval, they get to figure it out for themselves. And when you learn how to do that, it's massive, right? You're living your life on your own ideas, your own brain, your own desires, instead of jumping around trying to copy somebody in a way like they're doing that and you like them so you want to do what they do. Well, it, it may not be right for you. I mean, so they get to decide for themselves. And I love, I love the th-
3: thought, too, that there's, like, not, not a right answer. That's yeah. the other thing. Like, that's exactly. super free. It's like, wait a minute. What do you mean it's not a right answer? It's supposed to be a right answer? Yes or no? No, there's not. You get to, de- you pick it, and you can decide if it's the right answer. And then you figure it out. And if it's not, try something else. But, but there's not this, it's like, ooh, there's a the right way to do it. Even people that have never done a thing before, they're like, I, might be, I must be doing it wrong because there's a right way to do it. And just so, so giving them permission to not think that, to be like, oh, there's not a right or wrong way to do something like build your sound healing business or your improv business. I and mean, I work with the coolest creative people. They, they're doing a lot of things that are like, they don't even have a model of somebody else to do it like. And so they really have to trust themselves a huge thing that has affected my coaching
2: is the, um, what you taught us about seeing circumstances as neutral more and more and more. And one way that that shows up in the way that you coach us is I'll bring you what I think is like my worst failure to (laughs) (laughs) do. Totally unaffected and not at all in the pool with me. You're like, okay. (laughs) So
3: So here's your neutral circumstance. Oh, I know I've tried to bring her some really big ones and she she's not having it so now it's very funny now I and so everything's a neutral how, circumstance
2: yeah so seeing how like um, powerful that is for me like having somebody see my circumstances as neutral and then coach me to seeing them as neutral has really helped me in my like, work with other people and being and knowing that one of the most powerful things I can do for them is be totally unaffected by their results. Versus what a lot of coaches do, and especially in the beginning, naturally, we tend to be really attached to our clients' results because we're using it to validate ourselves as coaches. Um, and so instead of seeing that, the most amazing thing you can do for your clients is stay neutral around their circumstances and their results.
1: And that is, not only is it super powerful, but it's fast. You know, like when they all of a sudden realize that it's a circumstance it sort of diffuses the whole dynamic and then they're open and ready to go on to the next thing yeah
0: and us that's my favorite thing like yeah it works on them but like that's the best gift i give my own brain is i'm like i don't know what's the circumstance this feels really rough and then as soon as i have it I think of it like the visual of a life vest in the middle of the ocean. And I mean, there's still sharks maybe underneath, but like, I'm not drowning anymore. I'm not tired. I'm not like, it's Mm -hmm. like, Oh, thank goodness. There's relief. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I want to, I want to wrap up this call and I want you guys all to share a thought that you have. Maybe it's learned from me, maybe learned from somebody else, but something that has changed how you think and show up in your business. But I mean, it could be simple. It can be can like deep, whatever. But I want you to share that with, with the listeners. Because I think a one thought can be enough to shift and change us.
2: I think one, not that this was like the best or the most powerful, but one that I think very often is the brain does that. Mm,
0: and what do you feel when you think that thought?
2: <laughs> Unattached to my own thinking. So yeah, it's
0: like that acceptance, right? Yeah.
2: So when my brain presents some doubtful thoughts, I used to really believe them and get wrapped up in them and think I need to get rid of them and all of that. Versus just kind of dismissing it as like, yeah, like sounds about right. Brains always say that.
3: Yeah, there you are. Like to a thought, to a default thought you've been having for twenty five years. So yeah. like, that's another thing so powerful to show my clients. It's like. Well, of course you're thinking that thought. You've been thinking that thought on repeat for 25 years. It makes total sense. And they're like, wow. <laughs> and, and now guess what? You get to choose to think another thought. That's the other thing, right? Is putting that circumstance in a ball in the middle and all the little lines going out from it and, and just realizing, oh, there's literally a million thoughts that I could choose right now about this one circumstance. So freeing and empowering. Why would I choose the ones that make me feel horrible? Yeah. And sometimes I don't even need any thought. Like mm-hmm. that thought just can
2: hang out. And mm-hmm. as long as it, it can, what I always tell clients is it can
3: be on the boat. It just can't be steering the boat. I think when I started working with you, Elizabeth, like I wanted to feel excited all the time. That was the feeling I was going, how will you feel when you hear your goal? I'll be excited. But You know, then I think think about somebody who's super successful. Think about, you know, somebody. What's his name? Elon Musk. Every time he sells a Tesla, he doesn't go, "Yay, I sold another Tesla." He's like, "No, he expects to sell lots and lots and lots of Teslas." So that's just what he does, and he's good at it. He's capable. He's grounded. I know nothing about Elon Musk. I don't know why I used him. (laughs) As I think he's whatever, but but that idea of like, yeah, when I hit my goals, now I'm more. The feeling that I'm feeling and that I'm purposely feeling is grounded, sufficient, capable. I don't think, you know, I don't run around being excited all the time. That's not like a great way to run a business. I don't think nothing wrong with being excited. But so that was a big shift for me, realizing that that's not really the feeling that I want to have in my body the most of the time.
1: The one that I... I'm really loving these days is I'm in the middle of creating a hundred thousand. And so I could be 10% on my way or 90% on my way. And I'm always in the middle of creating that goal. Mm -hmm. And that just allows me to trust that I'm on the path, that everything that I do, all the thoughts that I'm having, the things that I'm learning are on that path. Mm Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I love that because that's the acceptance. Like I know I'm on the journey. I know I'm in there somewhere. And it's almost like, cause we don't get to know how or what it's going to look like. It's like the middle's all blacked out and we get no information and we just be like, you know, you're in there. That's what you get to know. <laughs> love. Well, thank you all for coming on and sharing today. I love that we get to share your growth with the listeners. Um, I'm going to link up where you can find them so that you can connect with them outside of this podcast. Thank you ladies for joining me today.